0: seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How how can you judge on a video nasty if you've seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.
1: Hello there and welcome. To the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. The first thing I'd say about Evil Dead is that a film that everybody has a story about. Ask most men age 35 and older, and they'll have their own tale of sneaking off, getting a bootleg video, uh, and trying to find a quiet moment to see the film. Or the first moment they saw it on the screen in all its technical glory. It's a movie with a sense of purpose. A gory, over-the-top horror show, too grisly to watch for some. But for others, it's a slapstick comedy that pushes the boundaries of taste. There are many things that have been written about Sam Raimi's low-budget ode to the drive-in movie theatres of his youth and the slapstick comedies of his childhood. For the definitive account of its arduous production, Star Bruce Campbell, who plays Ash, his autobiography, If Chins Could Kill, is the perfect introduction to the whole Cabin in the Woods-style era of renegade guerrilla filmmaking. For a fan perspective of this t- of his work, there are many podcasts about the owner's efforts. Uh, I'll put a link on the website to The Gentleman's Grindhouse, which offers a retrospective on all three of the Dead films, looking from a fan's point of view and those stories of people and the impact it had on them when they first watched it. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. Video Nasty's podcast is more about looking at, um well, trying to, the stories behind the films. And since we know the stories so clearly about the evil dead, let's have a little look at the media's response to the movie in the 1980s and the battle in the courts to get... A version of the film seen in the UK.
2: I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me.
1: care what happens to her. She's your girlfriend. You take care of her. of the evil dead's reputation is uh, comes is is, is, the, is the highlight of the package one that can be summed up by this quote from a report on page two of the daily mirror in october 17th 1985 the piece by peter scene which quotes from a report but does not say where that report comes from says the following.
0: A boy of 11 who watched The Evil Dead wet his bed for the first time since he was a baby and woke up screaming. The disturbing findings are revealed in a report today by a team of psychologists, child doctors and education experts. They discovered that 45% of children aged between 7 and 17 have watched Obscene Nasties.
1: Evil Dead was one of the movies picked in a sizzle reel of Video Nasties horrors that were shown to shock MPs into action. In this case, censorship. It was late in 1983, and Mary Whitehouse of the National Viewers and Listeners Association screened excerpts from The Evil Dead, along with another a number of other video nasties, to a large number of MPs at the House of Commons. She branded The Evil Dead as the number one video nasty, although admitted never having seen it, or many of the other titles she was campaigning against. Now, Newsraper reports said that MPs walked out of the screening unable to take the horror they were seeing. If they'd walked out because they were too horrified, bored, or sick of White House's bullshit, we'll never know. But 22 minutes of the worst bits of the nasties would be pretty difficult for most people's stomach anyway, without a context. Evil dead eye gouging, tree rape, ankle stabs, the rest of the movie, to put it into context, would make you think the movie was a very different proposition than it actually is. But first, we need to go back to August 1982. According to the BBFC's website, the following.
0: Reaction within the BBFC was divided between those who felt the film was so ridiculously over-the-top that it could not be taken seriously, and those who found it nauseating. Realising that there was likely to be an equal division of opinion among cinema audiences, the BBFC's director at the time felt that the best course of action would be to tone down the most excessive moments of violence and gore. It was hoped that cuts could retain the film's humour whilst neutering the most graphic violence. In total, 49 seconds of footage was removed, taken from several scenes, before an X-certificate was awarded. This included reducing the number of blows with an axe, reducing the length of an eye gouging, and reducing the number of times that a pencil was twisted into a person's leg.
1: While the media furore grew in scope, Evil Dead became one of the films that was quickly at the centre of the trouble. One of the biggest sellers in 1983 with 50,000 copies sold at £50 a time with its lurid cover of A Possessed Woman and its growing notoriety, the film soon came to the attention of the police. Police raids worked their way up the supply chain to the video industry, to wholesalers and to the distributors, which included some big names at the time, such as Form, EMI and Intervision. Palace Video was also raided at their headquarters at the Scala Cinema, even though the Evil Dead had been passed and certified by the BBFC. It is said that the manager of the Palace's marketing, Irving Rappaport, whose brother of actor David Rappaport, had every copy of the Evil Dead removed from the property and hidden in a local church. Enraged when they came out empty-handed during the initial attempt at the Scala, Law and order then descended on the main warehouse from which they removed the film's master tapes and a case against the film was prepared by the DPP. This information is according to bookofthedead.ws website. It says that shop owners were frightened by maximum sentences of £20,000 and two years in prison for breaching Section 2 of the Scene Publications Act. The Evil Dead became one of the movies to be prosecuted under the under scene publications, but mainly because uh, defences were not gathered in time. Palace was a major player, and Evil Dead was a key part of the company's business. In January 7th, 1984, the owner of Cambridge Video Club was tried at Peterborough Crown Court on charges uh, under uh, Section 2 of the Herb scene publications act, but was cle- uh, um, he was cleared on The Evil Dead, but found guilty on the burning. This was the first time that Fawn and AMI and Palace had attempted to to mount defences. Obviously, with the burning, it was a bit more difficult that, that uh, from there on in for for the for uh, Fawn to then um, defend itself. In January 6, 1984, MCD Video Play is tried but acquitted on similar charges. And then in May 1984, Leeds Crown Court found Barker's Videotape Centre not guilty of obscenity infringes related specifically to the Evil Dead. Following this trial on May 25th, R. Duncan and R. Rice, who were solicitors for Palace, wrote to the DPP asking that the in light of that recent acquittal, all remaining charges against the Evil Dead would be dropped. On June 1st, DPP responded by saying they were refused to drop any pending charges and continue with further publications.
0: It's a seven. What suit? Um, diamonds. no, uh, no, no, wait, um, hearts. Oh my God, seven of hearts, you're hearts. right! Hey, Ash, I guess the card right.
2: Yeah, truly amazing, Linda.
0: I don't know, I don't know, but I think it's really some sort of extra sense or something, you know, like ESP? Okay, try this. One. Okay, um... It's a seven.
1: I don't believe
2: it. Of spades. Queen of spades. Four of hearts. Eight of spades. Two of spades. Jack of diamonds. Jack of clubs. (laughs) Why have you disturbed our sleep? Awakened us from our ancient slumber? You will die before you. One by one, we will take you. In June 30th,
1: 1983, page two of The Daily Mail published part of the Video Nasty's list, the movies that the DPP said were liable to be confiscated. That list was, was published to inform Video Retail Association of what was dangerous to stock. And the Daily Mail say there were 21, although the reports that 39 were actually featured, because these were the ones that were prosecuted, and that included Evil Dead. The fact that the Mail actually lists 22 doesn't help its claims for accuracy, though, to be fair. Palace Pictures went to Snarebrook Crown Court in East London for an obscenity test case. On July the twenty fifth, nineteen eighty four. Basically, um, as a point of, of English law, an outcome of a normal court case would only apply to those defence of alternate trial, and would not have any real wider significance for other cases. Which meant that Evil Dead could be repeatedly uh, brought to trial for um, for obscenity. On, like on, on on a ad hoc basis, um, regardless of the findings and the previous hearings, even in the same courtroom held by the same judge. Now the idea of a test case would be it could be that it would be brought the outcome that would set a precedent applying to the whole country, effectively ending any further legal action against Evil Dead. Obviously, the stakes were higher for Palace, but it couldn't possibly continue to trying to defend itself on so many fronts. During the period while this was going on, journalist Peter Nichols in the Times was brutal in talking about the DPP's actions. On December 23rd, 1984 in the Times, the following was published.
0: Why was a considerable sum of public money spent on a failed attempt to prosecute a film which the censors had already decided was acceptable for adult audiences? The case was not a freak. The director of public prosecutions has authorised a number of prosecutions of certified films in the past two years. The schlock parody The Evil Dead, which premiered at the London Film Festival, has been prosecuted in Leeds and Bournemouth as being obscene. In both cases the prosecution failed. Yet now it's to be prosecuted again. Why is it that what is good enough for a film censor is not good enough for the police?
1: The case was spread over four months with various court dates. Even director Sam Raimi flew all the way over to testify on behalf of the film, but was not allowed to testify, basically because um, it, the judge decreed that what he had intended this film to be was not relevant to if it, were, if it was obscene or not. A screening was arranged for the judge and jury. A tense moment, no doubt. Having seen it, the judge stated that he didn't regard the film as obscene, and there was no case to answer and with that, the case was unequivocally dismissed on November 7th 1984. Okay, shh. Listen to this. This is the tape I found downstairs.
2: It has been a number of years since I began excavating the ruins of Kandar with a group of my colleagues. Now my wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. Here I continued my research undisturbed by the myriad distractions of modern civilization and far from the groves of Academe. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian runes, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled *Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons, demon resurrection, and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant, but are never truly dead. They may be recalled to active life through the incantations presented in this book. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. What'd you do that for? It's just getting good.
1: I just don't want to hear it anymore, that's all. <laughs> Scott, come on. Throw on in. Hey, come on, I just want to hear the rest of it. No big deal.
2: Tatra amistro bin hazarta. Tatir mano manzizon hazan sobar. Samanda robza dar his hiker dance the roadser ganda shut it off ganda shut it off ganda shut it off ganda.
1: what's interesting was what happened then next as well Following the verdict, the presiding judge, Judge Owen Stable, was quite scathing in his criticism of the DPP and its persistence in bringing charges against the film in the face of it being repeatedly found not guilty verdicts at at, at jury level. He's certain that the proceedings should never have started in the first place and such frivolous prosecutions brought the legal profession into disrepute. He referred to the film's highly successful theatrical run at 193 cinemas nationwide and also to the fact that some 40 cases had been tried against the Evil Dead with the defence involved, resulting in only two convictions. Nick Powell of Palace Video received a letter on August 22, 1985 from New Scotland Yard informing him that the Evil Dead would be pulled off the DPP Video nasties list that September. Accompanying the letter was a copy of a directive sent out to Chief Constables from the Director of Public Prosecutions, instructing them that any cases pending against the Evil Dead should be dropped. And the Evil Dead was duly removed from the Video nasties list by the DPP that September. But our story doesn't really end there see, the film didn't actually resurface until 1990 on home video. According to the BBFC website, a decision on the Evil Dead was put off until eighty nine, by which time the initial furore about the film had died away. Nonetheless, given the notoriety of the movie, and the fact that it was the BBFC's cut and approved version that had been subject to prosecutions, it was decided that a further cuts would have to be required for issuing a certificate for video release. The BBFC needed to arrive at a noticeably different version of the film to avoid classifying something that had been found obscene in the courts. So in many cases scenes that had already been subject to cuts for cinema release were s- subjected to slightly deeper cuts. However, some scenes that had previously been approved intact for cinema release were now also reduced most famously this includes the sequence in which one of the female's characters is assaulted by a tree in total a further one minute six seconds are removed from the video version meaning the evil dead have now been caught by a total of one minute and 55 seconds i have a feeling that for many of the people who listen to the, pro- the to this that might be the version that they remember watching it's certainly the version i remember um it takes a lot of the uh, the extreme fun out of it, and of all of all the movies, a slightly neutered Evil Dead is a terrible shame because it revels in its shocks and horrors, and you know, and I know it. it they try and just tone it down rather than um, you know cut so, quite so much, but uh, it's that element that's of being toned down that kind of is is a real shame here because. How can you have a film that is deliberately trying to push the boundaries when you take those boundaries away or push through and move them for closer the truth you know what i mean now we kick into 2000 and finally an uncut version of the film was resubmitted to the bbfc by anchor bay the bbfc recognized the standards had changed since 1990 and certainly since 1982 and the modern audiences were far more accustomed to the excesses of horror fans, of horror films. Compared to films like Scream, Evil Dead now looked rather tame, which I think is interesting. Um, that's from the BBFC's website, Dan. I'm not convinced that's true. I think in comparison to compared to something like Hostel, it seems quite tame now. But and uh, this is mainly because the effects are, are, are quite so uh, you know quite very cartoony, and obviously but that's quite a deliberate decision on the film. I think it still has the ability to shock, but um, I think that's more, you know, there's an element you're meant to laugh along with it as well. So, by November 2001, Evil Dead had actually been shown uncut on UK television. And to be fair, now I think it's just seen as another classic horror film on the shelf. But the film's impact is still well known to this day. Take, for example, uh, Sam Raimi who's now a Hollywood A-list director, making three Spider-Man movies and the latest Oz movie for Disney. Hilariously, I think a lot of movie fans have been able to pull out similarities to the Evil Dead sequel, Army of Darkness, in terms of the way the story structure is and Oz the Great and Powerful. Despite only costing $350,000 and being financed by friends and family members of the cast and crew, the film is now subject to a glossy American remake with a budget of $17 million that was released in the US this weekend and released in the UK next. A sequel for that movie has been announced even before the first film was released. For fans of the original, Evil Dead is a midnight movie favourite, and there are plenty of stories including my own, being a young man and watching a dodgy a copy uh, that had been watched far too many times already of the film. I think in the UK, in the 1980s, the film's biggest crime and truth was not obscenity, but, for the fact, but the fact that it was just that little bit too good and effective for its own good. And in that sense, was able to be found and, and, and people who saw it were actually impressed by it. It had a, it has an impact, an impact that it still carries to this day. And in this case, for some people, maybe that impact might be just that little bit too much.
2: Oh my God, help me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. oh
1: did you oh. 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 oh Scotty, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be just fine. You'll see
2: oh.
1: <laughs> It's not going to let us leave. Cheryl. Cheryl was right. We're all going to die here.
2: No, we're not going
1: to die. We're all going to die, all of us. No, we're not going to die. We're not going to die. We're going to get out of here. Now, listen to me, Scotty. Is there a way around the bridge? Scotty, listen to me, please, for God's sake. Scott! Come on, Ash. Ash, I don't want to die. You're not going to leave me, are you, Ash? Are you? I don't want
2: to die. You're not going to leave me here, are you? Are you, Ash?
1: Scotty, now come on, listen to me, for God's sake. Is there a way around the bridge?
0: There's a way. The trail. But the trees, Ash... Ain't hey, no. Don't you see? Ash, alive!
1: <laughs> okay, I think that's pretty much me for today. Um, thanks for everyone getting in touch. Uh, it's really great. Um, and also, thank you to Laura, my wife, who very kindly offered to give um, a little bit more gravitas to the uh, the quotes from the media there. But, uh, so thanks very much to her as well. If you want to contact me, please do. My email address is vidjonastiespodcaster@gmail.com. My um My Twitter is at orange underscore monkey and there's a website which is videonastiespodcast.com. You can go there. There's all the podcasts that we currently, I've currently put up. There's also a, um, well, there's 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 lots of different bits and bobs. There's trailers for all the podcasts, and also there is um, just some you know bits and bobs, some images and stuff like that, and some links. I'll put a link up to that uh, gentleman's grindhouse podcast that I mentioned. Uh, at the start, about the Evil Dead special, which is fantastic. It's, it's a really, really, you know, epic listen, and there's lots 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 in there, lots of facts and, and stats. As well, um, if you're in Liverpool, um, on Monday the 15th of April, facts are actually showing the Evil Dead, the orig- this, this original one on the big screen. So, um, you know, I know there, there's, a, there's a few scouts that are listening, so have a listen. Um... Also if you live in London, the, uh, the Ritzy picture house in Brixton has uh, late night showings on uh, April the 19th and 20th uh, of, of, of the Raimi film. So if you want to get involved and, and go and see it there, if you live in the capital, that's your best bet there as well. I'm going to go and see, I've got a preview tickets to go and see the new version uh, on Monday. So I'll at least tweak my opinions, if not write a proper review for the website. Um, I mean, I don't really want to get bogged down with remakes and stuff like that, because obviously there are a fair few, you know. But I don't think, particularly considering the way this podcast is put together, there's much particular need to start looking at things like, um, you know, Toolbox Murders remake and stuff like that. Anyway, next week... Uh, we're going to do something about well, we're going to do bloody moon basically and that is for the death or to mark the death that happened last week very sadly of uh, jess franco so we're going to pull that forward and we're going to cut co- we're going to cover that um so until then take care and i'll speak to you soon goodbye
0: What? <laughs> but but how, how can you judge on video? Oh, seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.